This is the Bar Stewards' Enquiry. You shall talk an absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You, I'd see if you're a bacon montage. You are gone. You well. I couldn't save you. I But you said the right thing. But that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that... What, what have you contributed to racing? You are one of these take-out merchants. Take out all you can. And an enormous welcome to the Bar Stewards Inquiry weekend podcast. This is covering the uh, meeting at Doncaster, the, the start of the flat. Uh, my name's Lee Keys of systembet.co.uk and with me as always is my partner in crime, John Leng of John Joe's Blogspot, who's in blistering form from last week, a big price winner at Kempton. Um, and this week we've got some cracking advice and bets and also some... Uh, Interesting rants, let's say, uh, from the questions we've had uh, this afternoon. So onwards and upwards to this show. It's a, it, it, me and John are very excited, I can tell you now, for the start of the flat. Uh, we've had enough of this uh, twig up in Lark. It's, uh, it, it's, it's pathetic, John. Do you agree? Mafficking has been relieved. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm cock-a-hoop. Uh, uh, any happier and I'd bust, in all honesty. It, it's like Christmas Eve, this. I think I think there's nothing finer in seeing like well-bred horses run on a green bays. Not that Doncaster's a green bays this week. Uh, judging on some comments on social media from trainer Roger Fell, who posted pictures and more or less said uh, the ground's awful. Did you see that, John? I did. I thought it was the one redeeming quality for the uh, ground at Doncaster, which managed to upset Rog. <laughs> really? Um, always oh, oh, ne- ne- nice to know he- he's going to bed with a needle in his pyjamas. And uh, that's not not in doubt tonight. He'll be uh, chuntering up every step, I would imagine. And good enough for him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> good old Rod. You're not a fan yeah. of Rod? <laughs> not in particular, no. <laughs> Um, and there was a question tonight from uh, one of our listeners, Carl Swanson, who, who said basically, "Does does this does are you worried about the state of the ground at Doncaster, or do you think it, or do you think Rogers overreacted? Is it is it a worrying sign that we could have like rattling quick rough ground uh, tomorrow, John? I'm a little bit worried where they're going to send Poa Lydia tomorrow, to be honest, because. Uh, Popeye's had a right go at her on Twitter this afternoon, hasn't he? I've, I've seen it, yeah, yeah. You know. he's, he's fanned the flames, yeah. He, he, he just won't leave it alone, will he? I mean, he doesn't know when he's lit, the lad, you know. And uh, he's, uh, I, I was thinking of sending him a going chat or something, you know, just to give him some <laughs> idea of what he's actually talking about, bro. I'm afraid they'd definitely get a card back saying how many winners have you trained, so I don't think I'll bother. I mean, how stupid did he look that day, though, Endo? I mean, it's, 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 we, we've been there and done it. But I mean, I mean, he was basically saying that the going was was heavy and it was riding good to soft. I mean, yeah, but there's no there's no limit to how stupid Endo can make yourself look. That's the thing, and I think he's quite prepared to look even stupid and rekindle the flames in this particular argument. You know, I think that's it. I think I think what what an idiot. You know, if, if you're wrong, then just brush it under the carpet and just pretend yeah. it never happened. I mean, I mean, don't 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 bring it up again. I mean, what what an idiot! 
Um, it's typical of every trainer in the country. Once he hits sixty, they don't think anybody can tell him anything. Oh, that's true. That that is true. Yeah, that 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 is true upon racing for the racing fraternity. Basically, you can't. That's true. It you can't tell them anything. I think they've all got a little bullshit switch behind the left ear. And once they hit sixty, somebody throws that switch, and th- and then that's it. They can just come out with anything really. And if anybody questions it, they just have an anaphylactic shock or something, you know. <laughs> um, second second question uh, I thought was interesting uh, from Lorne Malver. He he's a good listener. Um, you know, friend of the a, show. Yeah, friend of the show. Uh, uh, he's, 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 a, he's a good fella and he said uh, and I think this could be one for you this question he says here who do you think is the REIT hardest trainer currently operating at the moment who, would, who, would, who wouldn't you fight John I'll tell you what you might, you might find this a bit surprising actually but uh, David Barron first oh yeah I, I, I think he's a, he's a way bit sullen and he could be a hair trigger violence man I, th- I think the switch could be like a mercury tilt job, you know? <laughs> and I, I don't think it'd take much. And I, I think he'd do a proper job on you once he started, you know? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard one or two tales the same about David Barron. He's a, he's a bit of an odd taskmaster. Um, Maybe useful, I think. I mean, I mean, probably as uh, I would say, answers the question, I, I'd probably say Jim Bolger. I, I, you know, you, you, I mean... Jim's nasty, isn't it? I mean, I mean, Jim, Jim, you, you could be there lying on the floor, and Jim would piss on you. You know, I mean, do you agree with that? I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd kind of fancy ten minutes with Jim, but I think that just because I'd want to find out. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, destroyed. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I wouldn't want to die not knowing. Put it that way. No. No. Interesting. Uh, so right, so. The flat starts tomorrow, but also we've got action at uh, Dubai um, for the Dubai World Cup meeting, where the uh, the shrin- the stringers will be out in full force with the uh, with the desert reaction out out there. Um, I did hear Seth Latif is presenting one of the trophies. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think they'll wheel her out, John, or do you think she's uh... I, I think she'll probably be in full Hannibal Lecter gear, strapped to a. Shuttle yeah. or something like that with a mask on. She but, might have seen better. She might have seen better days by now. I think, but yeah. could be the case. I'm afraid. Yeah. Which on our on our final question today, um, it was uh, again uh, from one of our uh, regular listeners, um, and it was regarding uh, Mishrif, um, and it was from John Hines, Mister One Hundred One, and he said, "Any view on Mishrif in the turf?" Uh, over a mile and a half. Um, never underestimate a super feed trainer, but to run a major race on dirt in Saudi last month and now turn up in top four on grass in Dubai over further from a bad draw would be a, literally an incredible feat, John. Have you any views on Midriff tomorrow? I shared the gentleman's misgivings, I must admit. I think um, it's a pretty big ask in the circumstances and I couldn't really be backing him at the price, to be honest. Well, I think we've got a bar steward's agreement here because Mishrif, for me, had a ridiculously hard race um, in in that race uh, in Saudi Arabia. 
the the American horses went really hard. The, the fractions were lung busting early, and the fact that Mishrift did have a nice trip picked them off. But if you look in his races, I I think there's enough speed there. He's he's been winning races by turn of foot over a mile and a quarter, and I mm. think the biggest issue issue for him is the mile and a half because there's nothing in his pedigree to say that yes, this horse will improve for going even further. Yeah. Um, the, the, on the on the dam side, there's nothing there to, uh, to say that, that, that you'll get the mile and a half. And Make Believe was by McFay. Um, you know, it, there's nothing there to say this is uh, mile and a half uh, tackle. So I'd be against Mishrif for that reason alone. That's before the hard race in Dubai. That's before, you know, the surface switch. So yeah. me and John appear to be in unanimous agreement that Mishrif tomorrow will not be winning the uh, mile and a half turf race over in Maidan. And I think I would also, if I can lay a nice price about it, <coughs> and I, I would say less than four to one is my sort of price to lay, I will be taking on Mishrif tomorrow uh, at Maidan. Um, we go to the 450 at Maidan, which is the Dubai World Cup, John, uh, on dirt worth five and a quarter million pounds to the winner uh a, a real real big pot there mystic guide is the five to two favorite have you any views on this right it's a ridiculous amount of money for dirt I've, uh, I've, I've no real view on the, the form there's too many imponderables for me um too many houses i don't know anything about yeah what have you done, John? <laughs> Are they coming for you? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, There's a pandemic on you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, somebody else in 96 getting whipped in for the electric shock treatment to keep them going till spring. What I actually thought uh, was there's a horse in here that's the second favourite at 11 to 2, uh, best price. Yeah. Called Jesus Team. How does that work for the Arabs over there? With Jesus Team taking their biggest prize. <laughs> well, I think um, Jesus doesn't exist. Well, I, think, I think what they might decide to do, they might say, "Well, we're going to give you the money, but we'll give you it in silver, and we're going to bury you up to your, up to your necks and pelt you with it." Is, is, is that the Americans trolling? You know, it, the, Ameri it, it, the Americans it, thought, Let, "Let's send a horse over called Jesus Team." <laughs> it, it looks that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Allah is not, you know, the land of Allah cannot cannot be dealing with Jesus team winning the Dubai World Cup and it being plastered all well, over that, their news channels that Jesus team has, has won the Dubai World Cup. Allah couldn't deal with that school teacher in Bradford earlier in the week, so Christ knows what he's going to react like to this. Uh, in Batley, yeah. Uh, just, just bizarre, bizarre. Oh. Name, name Jesus team turns up in the Dubai World Cup. Yeah. Anyway, I, I found it funny. I don't know if anyone else did. But... <laughs> I just thought that you know. Anyway, uh, Princess Latifah might uh, might might show her face for that, like you say. Um, well, not all our breath for that. Actually, he might not either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the, the racing tomorrow, we've got Doncaster, obviously, Kempton Rosebury meet. <laughs> and I think before we get on to Doncaster, because I know you've got a nap at Doncaster tomorrow, and I, I quite like it. Well, obviously, I haven't found it. You found it. I, I haven't noticed it. But I think you've, you've got a re- really, really good nap tomorrow. So before we get on to John's nap, and Doncaster and everything, I thought we'd probably have a look at Kempton. Uh, ITV are doing two races there uh, on the on the telly box, and we've got the Magnolia Stakes, the listed race, uh, eight to thirteen. John Global Giant for that. Any betting opportunities here for our listeners? I think there is, um, and it's not Global Giant. Um, I mean, he's top of the thing. But for one that's so highly rated, he doesn't win many. Um, I thought his last run was a bit of a fizz out. Admittedly, it was a good race, but, you know, just... He's one of these, I keep expecting to say, better. Um, he'll probably be fit, right? I, I think it's hard to know what to expect, really. Um, you got fair luck, that's the haggis selected of two. Um, didn't really progress last year. I'm assuming he's had problems. He's going with a tongue strap tomorrow. Um, for him to keep going, I think he'd, he'd probably have aspirations for it to get to rope toe standard this year, at least. Yeah, already beaten by Global Giant as well, fairly. Like. Yeah, um, but the one I'm interested in actually is uh, Stormy Antarctic. Ah, the, with, the, with the wind surgery for <coughs> well, the first time window. Red Walker. This thing, I mean, I was talking about Global Giant doesn't win often. Well, Stormy Antarctic wrote the book, didn't he? Uh, but <laughs> uh, I thought last year he showed when he ran behind Persian King that he's no back number and he's still got the ability to win a race of this nature. Yeah. But the real point of interest for me with this that was back in 2017. <laughs> when this horse <laughs> when this horse had his one and only run on the old weather he ah. was he was only sixth but he should have won by 20 minutes now he, everybody says oh Stormy and Dad needs bottomless ground he's clearly a raspberry um, now for me he has been crying out to get back on this supported surface he, I mean he got absolutely spent at that bit <laughs> uh, never, saw, never saw a chink of air like, as I say, he should have won 10 minutes. And as most people reckon he's on the way down, I think he'll be backable and might even Chris on the day, you know. He's had the wind up, the tongue strap's going on, I think he'll be fit because, I mean, he's he's got back to where he's won at the Craven, mate, and he comes down early. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's a, a cracking, cracking bet against them too. I really do. You you make make, make some good points. Uh, I mean, like you said, the the surface could be interesting. Uh, I like the fact that even last year, he'd proven that he he got a heartbeat. He was second to to Persian King um, in the the pre-disband. And what place did he be in there? Well, yeah, that's good form. That's that is strong form indeed, uh, and and like you say, hundred and ten rating. So yeah. he's only three three pounds on official to find with Global Giant, nine to one in the betting forecast. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to argue with that at all. Uh, Thrasher Morris on board, uh, 
to, to thrash the living daylights out of it. Which is what uh, we like to say. We're under one yeah. down. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I like, the I like. Spoiler child. Yeah. No, not knocking that one because I haven't, I haven't got anything better, and I certainly wouldn't be taking the price Global Giant is. No, that that does not represent value for me. I'd be I'd be wanting nearer levels, you devils, uh, especially after that race in Saudi Arabia where he was absolutely tailed off. Aye. So after that, we moved to the two fifteen at Kempton. That's the Rosebery handicap, and it looks. Quite a quality renewal, really, in terms of um, the favourite of Willie, Willie Haggis. Uh, very, very well regarded. Al Zach, Zara Khan. Um, that's leading the market eleven oh eight. John, did you could you dig out any value in this? But well, I, thought, I thought there was two promising horses in this. Um, the Haggis one, obviously. Um, Tom Mark Wandering Court. He's saying, "I want you like this horse." Um, yeah, yeah. And I think he's got the potential to mature into a lovely older ass. And the other one would be Al Miguel of uh, John Gosden's. A lot of scope for improvement. It really needed to thicken up last year. It looked weak, you know. And yeah, you like this. You, you you put this. Did you put this up? I'm sure you said mentioned this to me last year. I'm sure you. I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I look forward to seeing it. As a four-year-old, actually, I, I, I think this will make up into a proper arse this year. Um, and I think when it bombed out last time, last year, I, I think that was just like the, the three runs just getting on top of it a bit, and it wasn't quite there, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I think with another winter under its belt, it will develop into a decent sort this. So yeah. I, I think I think the betting is absolutely spot on here, and sometimes we could we can have a, a good old chuckle at the odds compilers yeah. overnight, uh, some of their tissues. But this <coughs> one looks absolutely bang on to me. Um, the the third favourite's a little bit interesting still. Dark Pine came out of Death Camp well, yeah, imp- improved enormously, uh, and and that you know that might not have finished improving. So, but the betting for me is bang on. I have not got an edge for you in this in terms of like I like all three I like I like the top three in the market, which is just basically saying the obvious. You know, that, that's not telling anyone anything. So it's a nice race for the future, isn't it though? You know? It is, it, it is, and, and as we many like as we discussed off air that this time of year it's identifying what yards have got the horses forward when you see I always think if you see a couple of horses run out of a certain yard and they run well below market's expectations, then you should be very wary about backing any of the other runners because they'll all be sort of working, not not necessarily together, but at the same regime, the same feed, the early type. So if they're not quite on the ball early with the first couple of runners, I always think that's when you should possibly watch your bets if say certain trainers are just a little bit behind others with with their with their horses, but I don't think we've got that problem here with uh, William Haggis and John Gosden. But it's just something to bear in mind. Right, we move over to uh, Doncaster, where it literally is for me and John anyway. It's very exciting. It's the Green Bays. Sadly, this year we're without Khalid Abdullah witnessing the action. Uh, Sheikh Hamdan uh, not 
able to witness the action, which is which is very sad. Uh, whatever your politics are on on Arabs, um, you know the fact is uh, he's been a prominent breeder owner for many 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 decades, and it, it's sad because these colours are they're the best show really, yeah. Well, the sad thing is, as we've seen with national hunt racing, you don't want domination by anyone. Like in terms of, like at the moment, it's the Irish, it's McManus, Gordon Elliott, uh, you know, Giggins Town, Willie Mullins. You don't want certain people just to have a grip on the sport. You you want a wide variety, and obviously, opposing Coolmore, you you you've got. Khalid Abdullah and you've got Sheikh Hamdan and, and I'm I'm praying that by hook or crook we've still got these colours at least running in some shape or form for, 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 for whenever I've no idea what the plans are I've not read anything of you No I think sort of doing some fairly bog basic sort of maths and things with the breeding operation and that I think we've probably got five years out of them no matter how takes over, you know, I think uh, I think five years down the line people might be feeling squeeze if nobody takes up the cudgel but I, th- I think initially I think we are right Well, some of the kids want to be wanting handouts though, as in divvies up, you know I, don't know I mean, they're all pretty well got anyway, aren't they, and you know, I mean if they've got any sense, they'll know when to keep the trap shut, otherwise they might be in the cellar <laughs> chain to a radiator <laughs> well, uh, that's it. Yeah, I suppose, uh, yeah. They've got to, they've got to answer. They've got to have to answer, don't they? You know, to, uh-huh. to the ruler of Dubai, they have to answer. Um, yeah. 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 Right. So we've got the first race of the day at Doncaster, which is the Brockles Bay, the two-year-old event, uh, conditions event, and obviously the first two-year-old race of the flat turf calendar. Very disappointed, John, not to see this on terrestrial telly. It's a sin and a shame, isn't it, a traditional race like this. Um, in the main, I think ITV do a good job bringing race into the masses. Yeah. But I think on occasion, they can glaringly overlook something that's a bit key and a bit traditional and, you know, and sort of put the foot in it a bit like they did uh, at Cheltenham when they revisited the Covid thing, you know. Um, and I think this is another, another obviously on a smaller scale, but it's, it's a little bit of a howler not having this on the telly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very informative race because naturally a lot of trainers run their sharpest most you know uh less green types you know re- rough and ready if you like and that that does does sort of like paint a picture for the early, early two-year-old races you get your matches for six weeks don't you really yeah yeah um and I, I, like i say, i like to see them in in the paddock and I, I'd, I'd love to see it on terrestrial tv i think i think for anyone look that enjoys watching horses and looking at the condition of them uh, and and the behavioral uh of, of of these two year olds, it would have been nice to see them like with full ITV coverage. So I was disappointed. Anyway, onto the race itself. Um, I felt that the George Boffy runner was the most interesting because uh, he's by Cotai Glory, and I believe that Cotai Glory this year will have a good a good season. 
the, it just the, the amounts they've made at the sales, three have made over hundred thousand. The medium price is sort of mid twenties uh, for Colts anyway, uh, and for a five thousand stud fee, that tells me that these bloodstock agents are impressed with what they're seeing with Cotai Glories, John. Yeah, um, I, I mean, sincere, I had a, a nice note on Cotai Glories racehorse. Yeah. And uh, I would assume it's probably um, stamping its stock. You know, yeah. I mean, we've got a chestnut call to a similar type. Um, April Fall, which I like the bit only to be honest, with the Brockles people. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, on paper, it, it, it looks a sound enough surf. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of glad we agree on on Cotai Glory. You liked him as a as a physical specimen, and that must that must be sort of transmitting to the offspring, given the sales price. I think so, he's Italian, yeah. Yeah. So Forca Brazil, trained by George Boffey. Me and John are quite interested to see that, despite the fairly late falling date of April. The one that's been heavily backed at the moment is Mick Windmill's uh, Wonderful World, A Bungle in the Jungle. So yes. Um, I mean, with it being a Mick Windmill turn favourite, you could expect this to be running in its fourth maiden race at Pontefract first, mate, and couldn't you? <laughs> I you can know. see this. And I can see it's at Chepstow in four runs with two, two, three, three, four, five, yeah. six yeah. By, by, by mid-May. And, you, you, <laughs> and then I think you'll, you'll be looking for it popping up in a regular cellar and then getting it fifth or sixth in the chicken, won't you? Well, that, that, that's it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I bought a horse that, from there. Uh, Scargill, Scargill, yeah. Scargill, yeah. Uh, bought it for 6,000, won uh, one one race, one race or two races. I can't remember. I won one race with it anyway, um, and sold it for forty four thousand. Cheers, Mick Windmill. Yeah, good he, he's, <laughs> he, he's better to buy off than Max and Spencer's, honestly. Mm. Um, one I would urge people to have a look at, at least in in the market provisionally, um, is the thirty three to one pork of Matt Walford's Kenyan Commander. It's, uh, it's the oldest horse in the race. I tell you, I, do you know, I like, I like how you flagged that up because Mark Walford is a very, 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 very underrated trainer. Yeah, he's, he's dead, done, isn't he? he? He's one with, well, I, I, I like him because he, he's one with first time out two-year-olds. He's trained yeah. handicap chasers. He's trained, he's trained, you name it, he's trained it. Yeah. He's trained them to win and do the job. And I bet I bet you any money that this will be really straight. And yeah, I think probably, so, yeah. You know, and yeah, absolutely by war command. Mm. And uh, Dougie Costello, you know, I mean, he's not uh, he's not messing about. No, interesting spot because I do like the I do like the yard. But mm. whatever your bets in there, as I said, I, I fans watch out for Cotai glories. Is is the advice? Uh, in the, the early, early season tip of stallions, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying they're going to be. Look, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying Cosi Glory is going to take the world by storm and end up being a super sire. But for five thousand uh, uh, pounds uh, to go and take your mare there, 
it, it seems I, I don't think five thousand will be there next season. Put it that way. I think if if they're making the sums that they have been at the sales, then clearly the price is going to go up. So it, it it's Cotai Glory, the the interesting sire for us in the Brockles Bay. Right, we go on to the two o'clock. It's Doncaster Mile, uh, a listed event. <coughs> A very competitive affair as well, I may say. Uh, yeah. Yeah, hundreds to 30 favourite is Montatham. William Haggis has been quite well back. was about fives, I think, earlier in the week. Now now showing us around the 100 to 30 mark. John, any any uh, interest for you in this? Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to take this on, really. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not entirely convinced about this one. Um, and I, I think there's comparable farm with, with some some others in in this um the one i liked was juan elcano yeah kevin Warren. Yeah. yeah um obviously first time last year he uh he managed to run fifth in the guineas and then rather typical of one of kev's that shows an enormous amount of promise he ended up casting around at various trips the rest of the season trying to find a win and failed dismally in all fairness. Um, I thought the runners had got behind Russian Emperor was adequate, but didn't scream out to me that he was wanting any further, um, yeah. which he then proved at York and subsequently York again over 12, where he just palpably failed to stay. Um, the knackers are off, which I think is a, a massive plus. Because while Frankel is a very good sire in the making, he can sire quite a few hotheads, I think. And I think um, the fact that the knackers are off here gives this horse a bit of a squeak. Um, the other one I was interested in is Quasar, which is a fairly solid start. Um, unusual, really, that. This one hasn't tailed off a bit because I think sometimes Alan gets stuck into these horses and they run plenty and they get to this sort of age and they're sure they've probably had enough. But I think this one maintained quite well last year. Um, and I think this will be a good race for this one to start off in. I'm hoping that the Hannon team are in reasonable nick at the minute. Yeah. Just one, one, one thing I've tried to to find out as, as usual like Space Traveller yeah of Richard Fates I, I found this really weird that especially like from a racing media point of view that so the horse was sixth in the in the, in the Queen Anne yeah uh, to Circus Maximus and it beat Matterhorn at, at Leopardstown you know this is amazing form really you know in, in 2019 and yeah. There's not one article, nothing, in the public domain, nothing, no news, no racing post articles, no nothing. At what's happened to Space Traveller after the Queen Anne? No. Which I find, which I find for, for an 113 flat horse, there'd have been some kind of mention, what's happened to this, or some announcement from the yard, or Clipper Logistics, or someone just to say, he's had an injury, he's, he's had a leg, or, he, or he's, yeah. you know, whatever, I, I don't know. We'll make a, a racing post comment later tonight. Well, yeah, I think that's what everyone needs, really, because obviously it wouldn't have just not raced last year. Why would you not? So obviously it's had a 
had some sort of setback, but it would have been nice to know what that was, given the standard yeah. horse. But there's absolutely zero in the public domain on Space Traveller, which obviously has very, very good form. So Juan Alcano for John, he likes the, the balls-off angle. Um, you know, who, do, who doesn't? Women, mainly. Um, and um, Space Traveller, I think, is worth, worth a look. Or, or if you can see any comments for tomorrow saying it's well-being, then that could be interesting also. We move on to the Spring Mile, the 235. Uh, £23,000 to the winner. Probably got more in 1988, but never mind. Uh, acquitted is the 11-2 to two favourite for Carlton Palmer. John? Well, the good thing about this is our friend Nick Davis, former member of the Intercity firm, is actually now using his Intercity rail card bumping around the, the shops in outer London, trying to get a bit of 11 to 2, and by the time we've finished here, he's going to be looking to get 4 to 1. Um, so, um, there's, there's two in here um, that are both running two stones late tomorrow. That's one of them. Um, and at the end of the day, this was only three lands behind Palace Pier at uh, Newcastle last spring. Absolutely. And, and was back to bait Palace Pier. Um, um, yeah. The other one is, uh, and this will have the ginger Hitler laughing because he absolutely ripped me all season for rating this. And this is Mazcat. Another, he's another one that was crying out to have the shop, to be honest. And uh, by the end of the season, I'd happily done it with a couple of house picks. Um, Paces up the middle, the quickies run close enough to it to be yeah. a massive help. I'd favour a quickie, but I can't let Mascat run loose with no knackers on. Yeah, Mascat's got solid handicap form from last year, running running well behind some very good types. Let's say Brentford Hope, for example, runs in the main event. And yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Doesn't win often enough for me, for my no, liking, but no. that would be one worry. But like you say, with knackers off, who knows? That could be that could be the making of the horse. Could win this game this year. Before I, I offer my view on acquitted, um, I'd like to discuss the ginger Hitler because I, I, I was I was chatting with my wife today and we, we described the ginger Hitler. If he was a horse, right? He'd be one of them spoilers. So you know when you you know when you're a front runner and you make the running, yeah. Ginger Hitler would be one of them shit sixty six to one perks, pushing you to go harder and harder and harder just so yeah. you don't win. Yeah, right. He he drops out and finishes like four furlongs behind, but he's yeah. not bothered because he's, he's happy because happy because you've lost because you spoilt your yeah. chance. And and, and that, I, I I summed it up. So every every time I have a betting running now. Or, or I, I, something takes me on for the lead. If I'm back to front runner, I just, I just say it's the ginger Hitler. It makes me, it makes me feel better because that's Aye. it. Yeah, a, a terrible. Man. That's an anti-tay, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> acquitted. Yes, um, Hugo Palmer, James, James Doyle takes the ride. Balls off angle again in the same race for acquitted, which is bound to help because this horse, I think, just lost his way after that second to Palace Pier. He completely just, he just, he just went wrong, and I, I, I'm prepared 
Nick Nick Davis is scoffing at eleven to two. Nick Davis gets nosebleeds and and feels ill at backing anything in single figures. So he, you know he was very upset when he saw this was eleven to two. But I did point out to him, I think this will go seven to two. So it's up to you, Nick. But anyway, this horse obviously has got outstanding form. Uh, it was fourth to try tonic uh, in the Hanson and Clark at Newbury back in 2019. Man of the Night was second. Kate Palace third in that. Then it beat Walade. Um, Miss Riff was third in, in that novice race that it won. Favourite Moon was fourth. That's in the mid-90s now. Acquitted has just got top-class form and he's waiting to become top-class, I think. But he just hasn't managed to string it together. But I think the ball's off angle. He's good. 11-2, to two, I think, is value. And I would be, if I was a book, I would be ducking this at 11-2 to because there'll be each way sharks as well trying to play the, you know, the, the 14 play, places that they offer. And, you know, <laughs> so I'd be ducking this one. I, I, I don't want to know 11-2 each way this one. I'd say bollocks. I'd, I'd say you can have seven or two and loot and do it in if uh, if it's placed. That's what I'd be saying on acquitted tomorrow. So that's me and John acquitted, and he likes the Rafe Ralph Ralph Rafe. Rafe. Yeah. Uh, also in that race, mascot with the balls off angle. That's for us two in the spring mile. We've got the spring mile between us, I think. Then we go to the to the main event, the one that's um, currently worth fifty one thousand five hundred forty pounds. It's the Unibet Lincoln. It's worth two thousand pounds more than in nineteen eighty nine, John. Well, like different salaries, to be honest. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. More um, hours, same so pay. That's it. That's it. But look at the productivity on them workers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah well. That's for another show. Um, <laughs> uh, Johan is probably still better than his mark for me. And I think the fact that he goes quite handy might be a good move because I could not identify a lot of pace in this race for a Lincoln. Um, Orban has had a wind up. Yeah. And got, got Spencer a couple of times after winning at York. I think that's one on a fair mark. Spencer. Uh, um, we may be held up too far off the pace, which is the case, sad to say, with my long-term fancy king off the car. I think if this was a truly run race, I'd still hold an excellent chance, but I've got a, a couple of weeks where Lucky 15 is rolling on to king off the car, where I actually cashed me each way double in earlier this week. Okay. When, uh, when I saw the, the draw and the lack of pace. Um, Hakiki didn't look like he'd stopped improving last year. And the Silver Kid taking seven off isn't a, a bad thing if you're looking to grow another leg, are you? Um, Brentford Hope, again, probably get the bang old up ride, irrespective of how fast they go. So I, I couldn't chance him. Of the fancied ones, I think Eastern World will probably get the ideal ride for the likely pace of the race. But the selection is Man of the Night, who I thought showed more than enough in a slowly run Lincoln trial at Wolves that this had sold him down to the ground. He went straight in my notebook after that, that he just wanted a true test at a mile and 
Well, I would have preferred a little bit more pace on it. He won't be able to right out the back. And I think 25 to 1, they're quite close to this side in the draw. Yeah. I think, I think it's just too big. So are you... Are you sort of looking like high-drawn horses? Is that what? Is that is that where? Pretty much, at? yeah, yeah. I think if I was in the middle, I wouldn't let that put me off. But it certainly put me off the low draws. Right, just interesting. So, I mean, looking at the the weather for Saturday at Don Doncaster, it's literally it's nearly a direct headwind. So anything. Making the running at Doncaster, I think, might just have have, have a tough task. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't say it's direct. I'd say it's about two thirds. It's a west west, probably a west south westerly, uh, that kind that kind of direction, which which kind of just just takes it about two thirds headwind. So yeah, I, thought, yeah. I definitely I definitely don't want to be in front. No, no, I don't want to be there. I'd like to be just getting some nice yeah. cover. Yeah. Interested that you said man of the night because. I got a late message saying that that needed the run at Wolverhampton and it was just having a float up, which was unfortunate for listeners and for my people that I told to back. So man of the night will come on a lot for that Wolverhampton effort. Whether he's got the class to win this kind of contest, I'm not so sure. Haki, Kate, like you say, they've played an absolute blinder. It's basically, it's like the ace of spades up the sleeve. They've played the ace of spades. They've, they've put the kid on. Yeah. Taking the seven off, he's he's cool as a cucumber. I think he's he's the right sort of pilot for this this horse, to be honest. And taking the seven off gets gets it down to ninety three, and it's, John and Thady can. It's like, it's like it's like when the, the goodies played the Joker in the goodies and the teams when it rains. <laughs> so next we move on to the three forty five, the Unibet Camage Trophy. It's a listed race. And Brando heads the market with Summerganda <coughs> around the seven to two mark. John, any views on the Camage Trophy? Well, obviously Brando holds every chance on the figures. He's often won first time out, but it's tended to be in the old market in the Avenant. Um, of course, probably doesn't play to his strengths as much as this one ought to. Um, I was quite surprised to see he's only running here once before, which once again maybe makes you question Kev's placement sometimes. Yeah. Um again comes here so fit he makes the butcher's dog look like Arthur Mullard. Um <laughs> cracking run latest on the all weather. As the form in the boat to go close, I I, I found it very hard to make a case for anything else I I think Summergan's pretty much placed banker material lately. Yeah, the the only upsetting thing I I'd got something <clears> down as the better the weekend. It was eleven to two. Yeah. When when the decks were first done, and I'm thinking uh, this this is like this is each way heaven. Yeah. Eleven eleven to two is just absolutely monstrous. It's it's had it's had three runs now to get absolutely rippling fit. Like you said, it's the right track for it. It's a straight six. It won the Stewards Cup, you know, with a strong pace, and it would just get the right trip. Just just get the right cover. I, if three beat this, I'd be astonished. I'd be absolutely. Yeah. If three, if three in this, the eleven runner field beat this horse, I'd be astonished. Yeah. And I, I think Summergand. Is there any jukes at seven or two? Probably a little bit, but 
I, I am a little bit disappointed now and deflated um, as the odds have collapsed on Summergand. So that more or less covers the TV action that we're covering. John, um, I know for a fact you've got a good nap, but before we get on to your nap, I need to uh, promote our Sunday show, which is a Sunday sermon special, which consists of myself and John's main horses to follow this season, where we'll be giving our five be- five best horses to follow for the for the for the entire flat season. We'll also be giving our guineas, that's thousand and two thousand, and Darby and Oaks fancies for this year. So this is this is quite exciting because we've we've put a lot of work into this. Some real dark horses that, honestly yeah. that look like they'll come straight from Larry Belafonte's arsehole laser that gap. We've got we've got some absolute quality, and this is a show not to be missed. And we'll start the show with with absolute banter as always. So again, get your comments in. We've already got some comments in for Sunday and questions. So please get your comments and questions in. Uh, messages on Twitter, Barstow's inquiry. Do do you will get you will get read out. I promise you. So Sunday show it'll be a ninety minute extended Sunday sermon, basically discussing the best prospects of this season flat season according to myself and john so that is a do not miss show right we're going to get on to john's nap which is exciting but we're not because we're going to listen to what i fancy first because john's nap john's nap really is the it's like the cherry on the cake of of, of today's show it, it, it usurps Anything I can produce on this show this You're week. talking this into a fast finishing fifth there, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, what I thought I'd do, I would um, come up with a bet elsewhere for those that are interested in betting elsewhere Saturday. Of course we are. We're all addicted and we all love many bets. You know, stick that one up your gambling commission backside. I like a horse at Navin and it's a filly that will be in my Horses to follow for this season. It's trained by Mr. Stack, the son of Tommy Stack. Uh, is it is it John Stack or James Stack? I can't, I can't Fuzzy. remember John. <laughs> Fuzzy, Fuzzy Stack. Um, so Coco Coco Banana. It's what everybody called John gets called for a shot, isn't it? Fuzzy. Fuzzy. Uh, In Ireland, anyway. <laughs> Fuzzy Stack. Anyway, Fuzzy Stack, Chris is Coco Banana in the 335 at Navin. Now, this filly ran just two incredible races. She ran in a sales race at the Curran debut, which is no mean feat in itself. She she was just hopelessly outpaced, really, over six and a half. Then they went to seven, and she she didn't look that busy, really. I didn't feel behind Queen's feet. She, she, she pulled a bit. She just didn't run a race as as what you'd expect, but I don't think they were that busy. Opened hundred to thirty and drifted, and I think Coco Banana at twelve to one each way. Whatever she does, I mean, I wouldn't go mad, but just just a small each way play because she's that kind of kind of filly that I think is going to end up black type. So whether it's obviously whether she's going to be spot on stepping up in trip, she's she's bred to get it on the damn side anyway. And I think she wants it looking at looking at the races. So I thought Coco Banana was a very good each way better around 12 to 1 in the 335 at Navin. 
just again for a little bit of sport. But now, the pièce de résistance. This is this this is what we li- you listen to this show for. He gave a, a good winner last week and the banker of the weekend on Sunday. And I, and John's already filled me in with what this this nap is, and I really like it, John. The, the stage. Well, usually Doncaster, these big failed handicaps. I start from the proviso that I want to bang all up us because it's a tremendous tractor all up there. But on occasion, you can get cars out and there's not a lot of pace on. And there ain't a great deal of pace on here. But what we have got is some really terrible jockeys involved. This is the 455. Uh, an apprentice race where... Now, the alarm bell should be ringing because you've got apprentices who actually claim off other apprentices. You know, this, <laughs> this is what we're dealing with here. You know, I mean, some of these won't even know they need a leg out of the side of the house. Um, now, it kind of left me with two options. Um, my first option, admittedly, since Jetson was Ruth Carr's mother, my dad, I was crashing down the handicap basically for not liking the old weather. Um, and if anybody fancied a server on that, I couldn't pull them off. But yep. the one to be interested in, a bare look at the form of Le Bayou reads terrible. You, you'd think Les was trying to kill this, to be honest. <laughs> um, it joined in rated 80, but obviously that's no good to our Les. He, he can't get a few quid on one that's rated 18 and we've got a pound up his sleeve. He Les didn't get beat. John, he didn't get beat far off 80, did it? Last no, last no. no it's, it's got to be late. I mean, but Les, Les likes him off about 56 when they can <laughs> run to 80. And uh, I, I watched him run the last day at Southall of an 83-day break and he, he, he moved lovely till they were coming out the turn and then he, he just showed that he was needing it a bit, and he wasn't knocked about up the straight at all. There was no chicken wings as such, but it read like a sharpener for me. And either way, he's down to 56 now. He's got probably the best jockey in the race, Will Carver. And say so most of these are claiming. Um, he's an uncomplicated ride. You can sit handy-ish, just get a little bit of cover out the wind. And that is straightforward, Rachel Blackmore, last quarter mile out to see him all. Yeah, like I said, when, when you pointed it out to me, he, he does look good. You know, it looks a bit of a plot to me. Uh, 80 when he got it, which, like you said, no good to Les. No. You know, and it was obviously just campaign with getting it down in the weights. And I saw, just after you mentioned it, I watched the replay and at Southall, and it wasn't really busy. It still ran to sort, you'd say, not far off what it's handicapped today, just just not being that busy. So, and obviously, we don't know if it would have been any effective at Southall. It's not bred to be effective at Southall. Um, so, I, I thought that was a very, very good. good I mean, if, if it was if it was one more weight off, that jockey bilking tomorrow would have just said air moke bracket seven. Yeah. I mean, like you say, he's gone for uh, Andrew Baldwin's jockey, mm. which, in the context of of what he's riding against in this, you know, he, he obviously Benoit's riding for Kevin Philippe-Papa-Papa-Papa-Defoy, um, Lady Ironside. That'll probably attack, attract interest because it's Benoit. Benoit claiming five, John. 
That might be all right. Claiming five against Min. Safi Osborne makes a comeback in this as well. Yes, I hope she sits tight. Yeah. So, uh, welcome back, Safi. You know, good, good, promising talent. I think there. I'm surprised he hasn't put a Mekong in that long listing phrase in Redam. Actually, I thought he'd have stuck her up there and got her a big winner on the board. But there you go. She's certainly a, a name to um, watch out for. I think Safi is like I, that, obviously an eventing champion. You know, she's horses through and through. Father's obviously got good pedigree in terms of jockeyship. So she's coming back from a hell of a knock as well. You know, I mean, she, she's a she's a she's a brave girl. Um, she doesn't like bottles. No, absolutely not. And that's what's required in this game. And I, and I think she'll come back and. Do very well, will Safi. But anyway, so that's me and John finished with our tipping exploits. He's given you a fantastic nap there at 16 to 1. Mop it all up and uh, do what you want. And of course, make sure that you take the 11 to 2 and 6 to 1, 5 to 1 acquitted. So when Nick Davis stares at it and it wins by four lengths, Nick Davis is spewing. Just just think of Nick Davis tomorrow. He won't back it if you take his prices. And it, it, he'll be sat there absolutely livid. When this when this thing bolts up and wins by four, he'll be back at Upton Park next week trying to kick the shit out of somebody. Yeah, yeah, and, and he even had to endure that the, the hammers being overhauled by Arsenal the other week. So, you know, three three, you know, after being well clear, you know, typical West Ham. So I mean, Davis is not in great form at the minute, and he won't be in great form when you take the prices on acquitted. So John has put you right there with a great nap to finish. Do not miss our Sunday sermon show because it is the best. We will be covering our best fancies for this flat forthcoming flat season, and you will make money from it. I, I, I'm not going to guarantee it. No guarantees in this life. Only only death and taxes. But that they're the guarantees. But but listen, me and John have put some work into this, and we fancy our chances of making you some proper cash this summer on the Green Bays. That's all from me and John on our first flat episode. We're excited. Hope you are. And we'll be back on Sunday with the sermon. Bye for now.